Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Austin Ezadorian from Seven Rooms, VP of Sales. Austin, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brad. Yeah, I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. So a bit about myself. So as you mentioned, um, the VP of sales for Seven Rooms, we're a hospitality tech company that helps empower operators around the world to thrive, be inspired. And really, it's all about helping them deliver amazing experiences for their guests. And it's all through software. That's awesome. So tell me a bit about that space, what it looks like, who maybe some of your customers are, all that sort of stuff. So we work with customers of all different sizes, right? So from small independent restaurants, Michelin star, they can be any sort of caliber of restaurant, um, to restaurant groups, small chains, five, 10 venues, all the way up to your enterprise clients. So think of groups like Fleming's. We've got hotel chains. Most of the restaurants and hotels in Las Vegas, for example, work with us, MGM, Wynn, Cosmo. So really, it's for anyone in the world that provides service to their guests, has a restaurant and F&B outlet. Nice. That's very awesome. In my understanding, the restaurant space is you have stuff that's like front of house and back of house, like everything the, the guest sees, everything they don't. Where do you guys play? What function do you serve and all that? So we serve a few different areas of the restaurant. Now, primarily, when you think about our software and our solution, there's really three core tenants, right? So we have a marketing automation solution. And that's all about how do we help a restaurant bring their guests back to them directly. So that's something we'll talk about. But from a product perspective, there's two main mechanisms at which you can make that happen. So it's going to be with reservations, where a guest can book a reservation with our software, or with online ordering. So how can guests order food from your restaurant? In terms of where we sit within the restaurant, that affects everybody, right? So if it's reservations and you're checking in at a host stand, the restaurant can use seven rooms. If they're picking up an order, they can use seven rooms. But even in the back of house and for the servers, it can help with data, guest data, helping those folks understand who their guests are. So it does touch every area of the restaurant. Nice. That's awesome. So obviously restaurant space, hospitality, all this crazy times this past year. Yeah. What does this year look like for you guys? Obviously serving this market, you're in software, but you're in this space. What was last year like for you guys? Yeah, last year was challenging. Challenging for our industry, challenging for not just restaurants, restaurant technology, hospitality technology. You saw in various parts of the world, in different cities, restaurants going out of business, unable to keep their doors open, really just doing anything they could to keep their staff employed, their staff paid. These are families. These are folks that have people they need to take care of. And they couldn't do that because of the virus and because of the pandemic and all of the the shutdowns. So extremely challenging. Now, for us at Seven Rooms, it was just as challenging. We went through very similar situations. We had to look at our own business, our own organization. And for us, we did have to pivot our product. So pre-COVID, we didn't have a platform solution. We had a point solution that provided certain tools and features to restaurants. And once that pandemic struck, we knew right away, we had a commitment to our partners. How do we give them a solution that's going to help them thrive or at least survive 
in the most tumultuous situation they could ever imagine. So we did launch that online ordering product I talked about. And when you think about the restaurant space, they're really focused on using third-party delivery apps and third-party reservation platforms, exorbitant costs and fees are associated with that. So we went to market with, we gave it away for free for a variety of months, but also a no commission model solution to help restaurants survive the circumstances. And now that was one thing, getting through 2020, was a hard task for our business, for our industry. But now that things seem to be getting better, the idea is that this year could be our biggest year ever. Last year exposed a lot of the flaws in the industry. And it made all the operators start to think about the longevity of their business, the security and the protection around their restaurant. Do they understand who their guests are? Do they understand the tools? How can they control their margins and increase their margins to be more profitable? Our solution does all those things. Our core philosophy hasn't changed from COVID. We've just uh, enhanced our product offering. So now everybody can use our product. And in a world where it's been enlightened, 2021 looks really bright for us because the markets are reopening. Restaurants are looking for a technology where they can own their guests, understand who they are, and really drive profitability and increase revenue and protect themselves from a future incident where they might need a solution like Seven Rooms again. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, that kind of leads into my next question is, what are you excited about this year? Obviously, we've got all these reopenings. we got a vaccine. There's a lot to be excited about. What are you most excited about? What am I most excited about? I would say I'm most excited about our team and the growth of our company, right? When you, and the growth of our industry. When you look back, it's really easy to see the struggles we went through. But pre-COVID, we were really in a prime position to grow our business. Hmm. COVID slows us down. And what it allowed us to do was it strengthens our core. So uh, for us, it's like an ice cube. It freezes from the outside. And the last part to be solid is the center. Our center is solid now. We've got an incredible product. We've got an incredible team. We know exactly where our product fits. And because of the exposure and the less of a reliance on third parties, we know we're going to win. We're working with the best clients in the world. They're excited to use our product. And the kicker, Brad, is that when a restaurant uses our product, we can show them the dollars that it's going to generate. It's almost like a little money machine. Hey, you put in $1, it's going to spit out 10. Everybody signs up for that. And so when we start showing that to operators, now that they're allowed to open their doors, limited capacities, online ordering, they're using the full platform and they're generating revenue at a higher rate, We're really excited about that because that's going to help these businesses set themselves up for the future so that they're always going to thrive regardless of another pandemic, another closure, another issue they might run into. So that's what I'm really excited about. Nice. I love it. So let's dive into what sales looks like in your space and in your market. What are some ways that you've found to go about building relationships in your market? How do you go about selling? What does it all look like for you guys? For us, it's all about segmentation. So we do work with a global team. So we have folks stationed, we have a headquarters in Australia, where we have uh, folks and a headquarters in London. Obviously, we have the majority of our company here based on in New York and, and across the US. So we're talking to different audiences around the world. But for us, it's all about understanding the profile of the audience that we know is going to use our product really well and where it'll be most effective. Now, I say that knowing full well that we're going to meet an operator wherever they want to be met. If they want reservations or wait lists, we can provide that. If they want online ordering, they can provide that. But when we're going out of outside and we're actually looking for people to speak to, it's all about building that relationship and trust. One of the things for me is 
I've been in sales for a long time and it's really hard to sell a product you don't believe in. Mm. And the nice thing about seven rooms is the ROI and the results that restaurants see is really there. So when you're going to a restaurant and you're saying, hey, listen, I understand your struggles. I understand what you've been through and I want to help change that forever. I don't want to see you in these positions again. Let me help you understand how our tools work. That is the relationship we're building. It's a highly consultative sale. It is not uh, just, hey, we're going to under, we're going to lowball the, the competition. We're absolutely not. We're a premium product. We have a ton of value, and our sales cycle takes a long time because we want to understand who the operators are. We want to understand their business. We want to help make the right recommendation about what's going to help them move forward, and that holds true across the entire globe. Our primary markets, whether it's Hong Kong, London, Australia, New York City, Miami, LA, the one thing that holds true is our operators trust us. We have relatively low churn numbers in terms of our volume of restaurants, and that means people love our product. And I can't give you uh, all the examples, but there's tons of them where we build really strong relationships on the sales side and then all the way through. So our onboarders become part of the restaurant. Our CS team becomes part of their family. Um, And there's a million examples of them reaching out to us, telling us as much. For us, it's all about relationships. It's all about being consultative. It's all about not forcing the sale. It's all about understanding their pains and then providing the solution that's going to generate positive outcomes. I love that. So you said there's many different markets. I'm sure there's many different personas, but who tends to be the type of persona in a market that you go after? Do you go after those big restaurant brands and chains or do you go after the little mom and pop that are maybe both, but what tends to be your focus in the sales department? Sure. For my team in particular, uh, we focus on small to medium business. So anyone that has one location upwards to around a hundred and Our bread and butter, if I had to put it into that category, is multi-unit restaurant operators. So a restaurant group, anywhere from, let's call it three, three and up, three to 30 is perfect because they can implement a lot faster. But one of the things we've done is um, we have great cross-restaurant connectivity in our platform. So really helping a restaurant understand, hey, Brad, you've been to A, location B, location C five times each. You've ordered certain things at each location. You've ordered takeout from this location or pick out from this location so that a restaurant group can have a 360 degree view of both their on-premise and off-premise experiences with any guests. Mm. Um, That coupled with our marketing automation really tends to to work well with restaurant groups that are full service and reservation taking. But that's not to say we wouldn't work with an independent restaurant that's really looking to understand their guests or just provide an online ordering solution for a restaurant that needs a low commission solution versus what they're using today. But our bread and butter is probably the multi-unit restaurant groups. Okay, gotcha. And then how do you go about building relationships in this market? Like you said, it's very consultative. It's very like pain point oriented, all this stuff. Could you give us some examples for the audience maybe around what that looks like, what kind of activities that involves, all that sort of thing? Sure. So I think from the sales team perspective and the people on my team, they're doing a ton of outreach, right? They're always just trying to engage with operators. But I come from the restaurant space. So I know how busy it can be. And I know how easy it is to just click delete on the 10 hundred emails you get a day, just trying to sell you something new each time. So what we've done and, and what we do is we have two, two main components. Obviously, we have an inbound component where people come to us because they've heard about us. And it's probably the biggest 
success of our business is our word of mouth referral. But when it comes to reaching out to restaurant operators, we have our business development reps and we have our sales reps. And in tandem, they're working to go after the right audiences. We've defined the right audiences for them and understanding who the people are and knowing what their pains are. So it's persona selling. And it's saying, hey, you're the restaurant director of operations. You oversee three restaurants. We don't know each other, but we work with restaurants similar to you in your market. We actually work with, let's say it's a similar uh, restaurant around the corner. I know they had these problems. I understand you probably face similar challenges. Let me tell you a little bit about the success we helped at this restaurant A, so we can bring it to you. And it's a lot of where it's referral-based, it's word of mouth-based, because our tools are so powerful that once you understand there's operational efficiencies, there's cost savings involved, there's revenue generation, these are three buzzwords that really ring a bell with restaurant operators to help them say, hey, that's a solution we should move towards. Because historically, Brad, the industry moves towards, hey, what's the least expensive option? Mm. What's the, the path to least resistance and least less costs? And we're saying, hey, that's the wrong way to think about it. Let's change our mindset. Let's look at the success we can provide. Let's look at the outcomes. And now let me help you understand how we can help you get there and the path. That's a little bit of a, a, sim- a single example we would use in like a smaller market. Great. Love it. That's awesome. So finally, Let's go over some advice you have. So you obviously, you've been in sales for a while. You have a ton of experience. What advice would you give to some of the maybe fresh BDR people, some sales people at other organizations, and maybe even some other sales leaders? Are there any key pieces of advice that you have for those listening? Yeah, I think for me, I would start with your inputs are going to generate your outputs. It's all about how much work you're willing to put into it, but also understanding that it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? Today, it's the end of the quarter. It's the end of the month. And I can speak for my team. We've had an incredible quarter, an incredible month, but I know that we're going to wake up tomorrow and be at zero. So that's a reality in sales, right? We have to accept that if you get there early, you get to have the glory and the fun and enjoy the wins. But starting tomorrow, we're all back at the same playing field. Your numbers don't matter. Unfortunately, they do. But you got to realize, like, you got to keep going. So it's all about consistency. It's all about not burning yourself out. It's all about pacing yourself to understand, hey, what inputs do I need to put into this to get the outcomes I want? If you know that X amount of calls and emails uh, and deals are going to get you the the commission and the sales target you're looking for, great. If you want more, that means you got to do 10% more, 20% more. And so for a sales rep, I'd say it's consistency. And then for for leaderships and for folks that are looking to grow in their career, it's about understanding you you need to evolve. You need to be okay with change. Um, Thinking over the last 10 years of my career, I've changed to different industries, different verticals. I've sold different products and offerings. And even in the last year, we've changed so much in our own business and the industry has changed. The one constant is change. And so you need to be adaptable. You need to be flexible. You need to understand how to navigate through that space and see three, six, nine, 12 months ahead of it. Otherwise, your blinders will go on. You'll close up. You won't put in the inputs that are going to generate the outputs. And you won't really have any insight to how to navigate through it, especially if you're leading a team. You need to be able to provide the transparency to help them see it. Because if they're not open and exposed to the business and all they see is their job, 
it's easy to get lost in those weeds. And I'm sure plenty of companies saw it over the last 12 months. And that's something I really focus on with my team and my managers, open transparency, communication, and then helping the team understand it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's all about consistent effort day in and day out, whatever that means. Love it. Awesome advice. Hey, Austin, thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. It's much appreciated. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. Yeah.